more now. wieners. But I'm ready if you are. <laughs> Play that thing, Chris. Let's oh, yeah. try that out. We got to do this first. Here Joe. we go. Three, New two, thing. one. Hail the flashlight, King. Hail you. Yeah. Then what are you going to do? The Frat Bonus <laughs> Hardware and Garden Stores. That, that was the start, start, wasn't it? That was Jake. It. Take oh, two. I see. Cue the yeah. town. Yeah. Stand by. Hardware and Garden no, Stores. Hail no, the no, flashlight, no. King. Right Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic <laughs> Podcast number 1136. Oh, a well-oiled machine. August 22nd, uh, uh, 2023. 97 degrees <laughs> on this day twice. 1898 and 1971. And 43 degrees, a chilly day back in 1890. Man, if you, uh, if, if you don't have your lake ready for swimming now, it's too late because it's going to be 150. 50,000 degrees today, tomorrow, and Thursday. Yum, yum. And uh, thank God you used Aquaside uh, products. No. 150,000 <laughs> degrees. And what, what's after boiling? Vaporization. So get the kids in the lake before they vaporize. That lake has been kept free of weeds and algae and junk by Aquaside products made in White Bear Lake. The products work quickly. They're easy to use. They're vetted by all of the... Thousands and thousands of EPA-type people we have that monitor such things. So call Aquaside. They'll get you the right stuff. Your beach will look great all summer long. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner. Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. Got at least a dozen emails from people agreeing with me that the documentary My Octopus Teacher is fantastic and worth watching, and all of those emails uniformly dismiss the rest of you morons for not for not for not watching so it. So do we. Including Bill yeah. Stein, who wrote, you know, he was a diving instructor for many years. He was? I did not know that. Oh yeah. And he got very familiar with the creatures of the sea and outside of whales and dolphins, he found the octopus to be the reigning genius of the ocean. The octopus is essentially a brain, two sharp eyes, and eight legs. Okay. Jacques Cousteau did an experiment years ago to test octopus intelligence. He set up a remote camera in a room yep. with two saltwater aquariums. In the first aquarium, he had an octopus. In the second aquarium, about 10 feet away, was a rock lobster in a screw-top jar in the aquarium. Cousteau has a video of the octopus contemplating the lobster, his favorite food. He crawls out of the aquarium, slithered across the floor, crawled up into the lobster's aquarium, studied the jar, experiments with the cover until his fingers figure out how to unscrew the lid, eats the lobster, and returns to his aquarium. Doesn't that you should be I've you should that. be amazed at that. You I've should seen be, that. You should be grateful that he's telling us this. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, and then he writes about his old friend Dee Scar, who lived on the island of Bonaire in the Netherlands Antilles. She was an expert on sea animal behavior, and she got to be friends with an octopus under the town dock. So there you have it. <laughs> well, that reminds me of a story. Um, we were at the beach and. 
Well, everybody had matching towels. Somebody went under a dock, and there they saw a rock. It wasn't a rock. It was a rock lobster. Rock lobster. Rock lobster. Rock lobster. Did the, did the rock lobster, did that make an appearance in the uh, octopus movie? Joe, I guess Joe, Joe. Joe didn't look, but he didn't see Kenny and I dancing. As soon as the words rock lobster John, came out of his man, mouth, we missed everything else. We just danced. Okay. Yeah. You did get it. Okay, good. I have a lot of stuff today, boys, and I... Uh, no time to spare. I don't have any time for your shenanigans. All right, All right John. Ryan Lang writes, right. I became a father for the first time on August 17th. Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, of a son. His name is Brooks. I'm wondering if I can get a ruling on the name. I'm approving it because that was also the name of one of my favorite baseball players. There you go. Brooks Robinson. So Brooks Robinson. Is it short for something? Uh, there's a lot the of Brooksy. Brooksy. There's, no, that's long for something. Oh. Yeah. Hey, uh, Brooksy. Uh, my, uh, Hamlin University has announced that it's going to hold a national forum called Academic Freedom and Cultural Perspectives, Challenges for Higher Ed Today and Tomorrow. <laughs> this will be Tuesday, September 12th. Does anyone see the irony? They're not even a school anymore. Ever since they canned that art teacher, favorite right. grief. I don't even want to dwell on that. Hamlin University is not a school. It's a failed a group of brick buildings where people gather to become hypnotized or something. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Paul down in Dallas goes, boo-hoo, you princesses worried about the weather. The last five days in Dallas, 105, 107, 110, 109 today, 104, 28 days in the triple digits so far. It's been a toasty autumn here in Big D. Enjoy the fair. With the heat, it should stink like day 10 on day two. All right, thank you. For See, that. but the, is that Paul? Yeah, Paul's got some hostility there because we, they are accustomed to that kind of heat. That's I, I don't their mind deal. this weather at all. I've said listen it before. Listen to me. I love Hear it. me out. I Hear me it. out. I'm we not, all know you love the goddamn heat. Shut up about it for a second. Okay, <laughs> they're accustomed to the heat like we're accustomed to the cold. But when it gets to 15 degrees above zero <laughs> in Dallas... We automatically feel sympathy for those poor people because they're not used to 15 mm -hmm. degrees. Yeah. So there's a lot of hate in Paul's heart. I, I don't have any hate. Angie is back, uh, actually his attorney. With an so he's checking in daily, even before the fair. Vincent Gambini. My office has re reviewed your remarks from the Garage Logic podcast of 21 August regarding my client, The Experience. <laughs> The iconic GL, or formerly known as Ingi. Oh, I need a foghorn for iconic. While we agree with the generous portion of your terms, I've been instructed to request the following. Number one, the chair provided for my client on your state fair stage must be adjustable and not too close to the ground. B, that the experience be provided a microphone, preferably a headset, though a stick mic would do, that could be remotely turned on and off at your choosing. Three, any fair food samples from self-promoting vendors would be apportioned to my client. Uh, regards, Mr. Gambini, Vincent L., attorney of record. All right. That's wow. Ingie's demands. Mm. The, well, well, the how, do you, how do you answer to those demands? What do you say to oh, that? They're all fine with me. You've got to go through legal first. Yeah. What? What? They're all fine with me. 
You want a ray of hope? Because we're going to enter some worlds, worlds today where there is no hope. Would you like a ray of hope Give me a ray of hope. Give me a ray of hope. Uh, Barbara. Today's ray of hope. Barbara writes that uh, I want to make you aware of an incident where the delightful combustion of decency, civility, and a little garage logic can make the world a better place. My 2014 VW Jetta, a cosmetically imperfect car with 117,000 miles and a manual transmission, uh, was parked in a Bloomington parking lot. On Monday, after a 10-hour workday, I threw my laptop into my back seat and sat in my front seat only to see a napkin flapping on my front windshield. My first reaction was, oh, no. I went out to survey the damage. You'll see the result in the attachment below. And it was a napkin in which a woman wrote, I am sorry I scratched your bumper, and she provided her name oh. and telephone number. That is a ray of but hope. It, oh, it gets a little better. Hmm. Maybe not a big deal, but I believe a little more of working out this kind of problem in a GL way can turn an incident into no big deal. I might have felt differently if I actually cared about a 2023 fully loaded Beamer or some other fancy vehicle. There are still good, honest people out there. Can we all just get along? I certainly hope so. Congratulations on 30 years. I really enjoy you and the boys, Barbara, in St. Paul Park. But then she took a picture of the scratch. Okay. It it was so minimal that she noted uh, when she got home, she called that woman who left her the note and said, don't worry about it. I rubbed it off with a paper towel and rubbing alcohol. Okay. It ends well. Isn't then. that something, though? It's how she, life should be. It's how it? life should be, and it's uh, rare. It's uh, uh, few and far between. And yep. John Ryan has a good point. Are we flying the flags at half-mast for Alqui? I thought of that this morning. I have not seen any at half-mast. Well, they should be. They should right. be, of course. Sheesh. Or is it because he was an evil Republican? Oh, no, he wasn't an evil. Anything. Should I go out and look to see if we are? Uh, yes. <clears throat> but I, I hate to chastise our own. Well, no, if we, if we mention that, they'd probably change it right away. Well, that should have come. Well, to, wait. That, they should have thought of that instantly. Are you allowed to fly <clears throat> the flag at half-mast without a directive from the government? I don't know. Are there flag rules you mean there? An individual corporation, Kenny? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like, could HBI do that, or, or is that is that that's breaking a great flag that's etiquette? A, that's a great point. Uh, are you are you suggesting that a homeowner must need I don't know. approval? I don't know. I don't think so. I'm I'm wondering. I mean, I'm a homeowner. I can fly the flag however high I want to. What'd you yeah, find out? Only the president or a state governor may order the flag to be displayed at half staff, according to the American Legion dot org. Well, then I would I would interpret that this way: if your if your flag is raised all the way, and the and the governor or the president says we're going half staff, then I guess you have an obligation to go out there and go half staff. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I the last, find out. It's, it's the last direct at the top. It is. Yeah. Yeah. The last directive I'm seeing is for the officer killed in Fargo. Mm -hmm. The uh, flag uh, etiquette: American flags on display at residential locations are not required to be lowered to half staff, even when the U.S. president or a state governor issues a proclamation to lower the flag. Uh, it is, in fact, it is not even expected. So, for home. Uh, flags you do not have to i've seen a number of glers i'm just assuming i don't i guess i shouldn't assume they're glers but i've seen a number of people flying their flag upside down 
which gives me a little chuckle. Is it half-mast or half-staff? Why do you ask, Rook? Because that's where I was going. Because also on this website at AmericanLegion.org, rules and regulations, Joe, there is a difference between flying the American flag at half-mast and at half-staff. Half-mast refers to the flag being flown at a position below the top of the flagpole, whereas half-staff refers to the flag being flown at a position below the top of the flagpole, but above the halfway point. Well, it's kind of like the fair when we're at half staff. In what addition, if- in addition to needing a flag, you need a garage door guy. Yeah, you got to have a guy, and uh, really, it's important to have a good garage door guy. Mine is the whole family precision garage door of the Twin Cities. They'll even get you a new door if you're looking to up the curb appeal. They've got doors. They can get you a door. They probably get you a door by three o'clock. I'm sure they could. They're available twenty four seven. They don't charge more on weekends. They serve the metro and western Wisconsin and they do it all. Rollers, springs, the technology stuff that hooks it up to your car and the remote and the whole deal. Yep. Uh which I always end up needing help with anyway. They fix garage doors correctly. They're a garage logic family. Tell them that you appreciate yeah. the fact that your new garage door guy is a garage logic family they fix garage doors correctly get help online at precisiondoormn.com You know, the investment game can be awfully tricky, especially in these volatile times. And that's why you need the best and also somebody that you can trust. And that's why I rely on Josh Arnold. We know him as Mr. Money Talk around these parts. And he's here for you. So give him a call today for that free 48-minute no-obligation consultation by dialing 952-925-5608. 952-925-5608. Josh has been at this a long time with a track record of success, and he's here to help you. So give him a call today. No obligation. That's right. No obligation. It's absolutely free. 952-925-5608. And tell them you heard about them here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser. But I want to know. Well, <laughs> this guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. Top Gun. Pink Floyd. The lunatic is in the hall. It's it's not that song. Uh, Tom says no, our flag guy, the guy that knows what to do with the flag. Minnesota state flag, but not the stars and stripes. Oh, that's a good point. Yes, thanks, Tommy. We, us, we know Moon Motorsports for the exciting selection of our favorite off-road machines. But you know what? They also sell these really cool three, uh, three-wheel Can-Am, Spider, and Riker models. If it's time to try something new that features comfort and fun in the latest technology, get over to Moon Motorsports for a Can-Am, Spider, and Riker demonstration. Right now, save up to a grand on select Can-Am three-wheel models. And for you adventure riders out there now... A lot of you might have uh, dreams about being an adventure riders, but the gravel, the trails, they might scare you. Moon is co-hosting an adventure fest. It's an adventure riding retreat. It's in the UP, the UP. It's running September 6th through the 10th. Now, this is what I love, and you might love this too. You can join Moon for the best off-road and trail riding and professional adventure riding workshops 
by world-renowned adventure riding expert Sean Thomas and Louise Parker. Uh, go to moonmotorsports.com for the details. If you didn't grow up riding dirt bikes or you don't feel super comfortable on gravel or trails or any sort of off-road stuff, this workshop is tailor-made for you. You'll be among friends. You won't be left aside. If you tip over, they'll help you get set up and started, and they'll give you great tips. Uh, a wonderful experience. They are Moon Motorsports, the biggest and best in our area. They're just off 94, uh, 94, 25 minutes west of the Twin Cities. Oh, and like I said, on the web, moonmotorsports.com. All right, pay attention. This is an important day at the University of Garage Logic. When Mysterian ideology infects entities outside of the government, the same thing happens to those entities as happens to the government. We, we stumbled upon something yesterday when we realized that the, the guy in charge of water on Maui was reluctant to release it because it. he was weighing, weighing equity issues. There was another layer to that very quickly. Matt said, he uh, sent us a story um, that they're also worried about the impact of indigenous Hawaiian crops. All right. That There was also a uh, Wall Street Journal story on okay, that. Okay, we know the Mysterian ideology has infected government. When Mysterian ideology infects entities outside the purview of government, the same exact things will happen. For example, and this has been reported on a number of sites, the uh, American Medical Association is floating the idea of taxpayers footing the bill for biological men to get a uterus transplant. Nope. nope. Hello. Nope. nope. Oh. No. No. The nope. AMA's Journal of Ethics made arguments for uterus transplants for transgender patients, including whether taxpayers should bear the cost, which could be anywhere from a hundred grand to three hundred grand for each procedure. Uh, Fox, and you're not going to read this, apparently, in the, in the Washington Post or the New York Times. Fox News medical contributor Dr. Marty McCurry, one of the one of the move's staunchest critics, questioned why the association is not pouring its resources into research focused on complications surrounding gender-affirming treatment instead. Well, what, what has happened? An entity outside the government embracing the mystery has lost sight of its original charge, which is to heal, to to advance the cause of medicine, to take to take care of people, uh, to teach people uh, about medicine. I, and- I would argue that you have no obligation to turn a guy into a woman, complete with the swimsuit area. Yep. The hell with you. Oh, sorry, you go. Wear a dress and everything, but I'm not paying three hundred grand for you to get a uterus. Right. Where do you get a uterus? At the store. You can get them. Same place you get toes. <laughs> it's odd that the AMA is choosing to really focus on this activist position rather than fund the important research we need in transgender medicine. Uh, Macari told Ainsley Earhart Wednesday, what's the regret rate after transition surgery? What's the long-term complication rate of hormones? Those studies are not being done. Instead of funding those studies, they've chosen to take an active position. 
And it's very hard to do research in this field because the activists have run a lot of people out of town and reasonable doctors and objective scientists have been run out of town. Even recently, Mayo and Jefferson have fired people over simply suggesting that we need better research. The journal notes that some patients are seeking the procedure to have children while others are contemplating the surgery to enhance their own femininity and consolidate their identities. I submit to you that I have no uh, financial obligation to affirm your identity if it's going to cost me any money. What what does does cisgendered mean? Uh, you're born a girl and you're still a girl. I don't know. That's what cisgendered means, I think right? So. Chris, hello, yeah. Chris. Yeah, Is I that guess. What that means? I okay, guess. I, I wanted to be correct about this. So let's throw this back in their face suits. Uh, a cisgendered gal. It's flat-chested. Mm -hmm. We know how women are with their boobs. They're either too big, they're too small, one's bigger. They're, they all have mental issues surrounding their bosoms, right? Apparently. So let's say a flat-chested cisgender gal wants bigger bosoms. She wants to get the... Uh, she wants implants. Right. Should the taxpayers play, pay for that? Yes. No. <laughs> oh, no. No. No, the answer is no. Exactly. So yeah. is this different? Uh, no, the no. uterus thing? <clears throat> cisgender no, is a different. Cisgender is a term that describes a person's gender identity, not their sexual or romantic attractions. People who are cisgender may or may not be straight. I got a 50-50 shot. Why, why People who are straight are either heterosexual or heteroromantic. This means they have a sexual or romantic attraction to a person who is of a different gender than they I am sorry. Okay, you're you're, asked, you're yeah. losing sight of, yeah. of the larger yeah. point. It was made yeah. up in 94 and hit the dictionaries in 2015. Go ahead, The Such. point is that the mystery is quite quite an infection. It's an infection that's eating away at the traditions and conventions of America. It's just eating away at it. Now, I, I if you want to be trans, that's fine. I'm not here to discuss that. But I'm here to discuss the idea that it, as august a body as the American Medical Association has fallen into the right. trap. They well, from fall. what I'm seeing, they're just talking about it and asking about it. Well, that's, not... that's the nose in the tent, though. There okay. you are. It's yeah. happening. Yeah, at this point, they're still in the one. Well, will, should we phase? You know what I mean? But it's happening no matter where you look. It's particularly infected in the political class. But as I say, when look what's happened to automobile manufacturing. Caved. They've, they, they fell into the trap of providing government cars, which they are now beginning to regret. They can't, it, it's not ready yet. Charging systems are not ready yet. The cars are too expensive. Uh, every one of them, if you had them alone in a private room and that you were off the record, would have told you, I never wanted to build these damn things in the first place. But they fell for the BS, the mm -hmm. mystery, which wants to reinvent everything. You have a reimagine, reimagine, reimagine. You have a piece today in the St. Paul paper about let's imagine or reimagine what I ninety four might look like if we just tore it up. Well, we don't have people in place to say 
you're insane for thinking we should tear that up. What about building the park above it? But the people who want to redo it, it fits neatly into their view of the America they want. They're opposed to the internal combustion engine. They're opposed to your freedom. They're opposed to your freedom of movement. They're opposed to competition and entrepreneurship. Uh, the freeway to them represents a means by which people accomplish something and get going and get things done. And you took out a neighborhood, by the way, when you built this. Yeah, but I wasn't around for that. Most of us weren't. I agree. I would not have put it there. Mm -hmm. I, there were other ways to do it, but I wasn't here to speak for Rondo. Okay, so there it's there now, and it works. But we attack things that work. So rather than have a political class that say, well, that's a nice sentiment that you would like to redo 94, but on the face of it, it's preposterous and too expensive. We're not going to redo it. We can certainly uh, figure out ways to accommodate some green spaces and parkland. And St. Paul already has a uh, fund uh, in place to help homeowners reestablish homeownership who were displaced from Rondo. All of these things are wise counsel and can be done. But where's the where's the elected official to say we're not touching I-94? If anything, we're going to improve it because it exists. Mm -hmm. Like I've said, nobody's willing to say sh sit down and shut up. Now, you have another example in today's paper. There's a story fascinating of a group of sheriffs in the country who uh, are forming their own uh, club, as it were, to determine for themselves what constitutes a law that's worth enforcing. It is a reaction to them facing what we're discussing. It's a reaction to them having to deal with elected bodies who keep canonizing the criminal and chastising the cops. The problem is, and this is an interesting problem, the more the mystery infects American life, the more you will start to see the splintering of groups like the sheriffs, who essentially are intending to take the law into their own hands. They're intending to either interpret or reinterpret the Constitution. That's dangerous. Only Congress can do that while you still have a functioning country. The sheriffs, uh, God love you, you have no business interpreting the Constitution to suit your thinking of it. That can't be. That's, that's, um, that, that can't happen. But yeah. you have to give them more airplay. Because I think the ideas behind the their idea, I think it's it's good, and I think they raise a good point. The you know this quote in the second paragraph, the share in the today's Star Tribune, the sheriff is supposed to be protecting the public from evil. This comes from um, Chief Law Enforcement Officer Barry County of oh of Barry County, Michigan. When the government is evil or out of line, that. The sheriff is there for uh, protecting the public from that. Okay. Yeah, but he's but, entered into a different realm there. He's entered into the realm of vigilantism. Exactly. I mean, I love what he's saying. Yeah. And somebody has to step up and say, wait a minute, that's an e evil law. What the government is doing is evil. Okay, stop. 
Stop. Go, go ahead. Let's not lose sight of the stream we're on. Right. That is a reaction to the Jacob Fries of the world. Right, right. Who have, who have cast shadows on law enforcement. Yeah. Who have elevated that is a that is yeah. a response to the merry more realities of the world. Yes. Who don't intend to punish criminals. That is a response to the political class the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings who have allowed rampant drug use, criminal behavior, carjacking, stolen cars, homelessness, whatever. And these sheriffs are saying we must stop this, but they can't they can't take the law into their own hands. No. And that's no. what they want to do. But can they also on the other hand not enforce certain laws that the state has decided need enforcing? And now I'm thinking about the COVID and the bars that snuck open the back door and certain little rules that small towns are breaking during COVID. And the sheriffs and the deputies were all looking the other way because they didn't a, agree. There's a better uh, there's a better analogy. Right now, there's a, a contumely regarding school resource officers and laws passed by the legislature, which prevent school resource officers from this is not hyperbole. <laughs> Prevent them from literally doing anything Their job. involving touching a student. So, in other words, to break up a fight, they cannot go around the neck. Okay, that's understandable. They can't even go around the torso. They can't. They can't physically intervene to stop Billy from beating the crap out of Fred. Right. They can't do. So why are they? And there? the kids know that. So why are they there? I don't. Uh, exactly. Why are they there? Because it feels it feels better. Can they tase them? No, of oh, course God, not. No. I'm being ridiculous. No. Of course they can't. So, you you have we have elected people who have no interest in preserving life, as most of us know it. They just have no interest in it at all. They mm. want a completely different version of it. And I and mark my words. Be careful what you wish for. The completely different version they want will ultimately erode your personal but citizenship and freedom. Who's wishing for this, though? That's the thing. You said be careful what you wish for. A lot of us don't want this. Right. Well, the people who elect, you know, Robin Wamsley, they want it. The people who elect... Uh, Who's the fourth show? Who's the fourth council, fourth ward in St. Paul? The uh, fourth ward, St. Paul. who uh, Patrice wants to turn Summit Avenue into walking path. Uh, uh, yeah, she's got unshaven uh, armpits. Jalali. Mitra yeah. Jalali. And I mean, yeah. these are people that, that scoff at what's been achieved in this country. They scoff at it. They have no interest in it. They have no interest in preserving it. And and it, under their watch, cities are falling into ruin. St. Paul and Minneapolis are falling into ruin. San Francisco is unlivable. Portland. Now, uh, do I have time? I have time. You got time. Well, well you got time. time. There's, you got there's so much more to talk about well, here. There is. there is, and I'm going to right now. The same thing is happening in the failed academy. 
the academy is failing because they've abandoned classical learning and replaced it with proselytizing. Mm -hmm. They've replaced it with feelings. They've replaced it with emotion. The hardcore disciplines of learning have been abandoned. And yes, you in the back. Uh, Hans raises a great question via the Garage Logic Town Council. Well, what about all the smashing grabs and the people that aren't living by the rules? That's a great counterpoint to what you just said about the sheriffs taking the law into their own hands. They're not living by the rules because the political class that we've elected has abandoned the rules. But then why should that, I guess I'm going to make his point for him, then why why can't people like these this coalition of sheriffs take it upon themselves? Uh, see, I, I think you're... Am I, com am I mixing up my... Yeah, I think you've got two separate things going here, Such This sheriff's group, to me, was them not wanting to enforce ridiculous, dumbass laws that they don't agree with. Mm -hmm. Is and, and that's the end of it, isn't it? Yes. But where and would I, the sheriffs be on these school resource officers? Uh, the sheriffs would vehemently disagree with that, mm -hmm. and they would say part of our doing our jobs and breaking up a fight is... You know, getting these two parties separated, and that includes physical touch. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, and same with Chris with the smash and grabs. I'm sure the police, if there were enough of them, would love to prevent all this. But they just can't simply but keep like, up. But like Joe said, they can't. Number one, they can't keep up, and number two, the political system they're fighting, which you know, it's in and out the door at the jailhouse. You know, they. What's the point? We're wasting our time. Mm -hmm. What's what's the point? You know, and that's Such's point. The public schools in Portland, Oregon. This is this is germane to what we're talking about. They are uh, creating new equitable grading practices. Oh, <laughs> that prevent teachers from assigning zeros to students who cheat. Or failed to turn I in was, their assignment. I was born in the wrong time. Yeah, I was born too late. <laughs> you know. Early. The district's initiative aims to address racial disparities. In other words, they continue to wish to make black people less dumb. than. Yes. The district's initiative aims to address racial disparities in inequities in grading and instruction. A journey that the district began during the pandemic. A handout reviewed by the Washington Free Beacon says... I looked it up. This story's on a variety of sources. It's not being covered by conventional news gatherers. Because well, this, this fits the agenda of conventional yeah, news gatherers. This should not come as a shock the to us. The conventional news gatherers have become complicit in bringing about the mystery. Yeah. Uh, Grading for equity, the handout states, includes eliminating zeros as a grade, even when a student cheats or fails to turn in a test or assignment. It also calls for no penalties for late work and no grades for homework and non-academic factors, such as participation, attendance, effort, attitude, and behavior. The new grading practices, which are expected to be implemented District-wide, by 2025, after some classrooms adopted them last year, reflect left-wing efforts across the country to achieve equitable outcomes among all students. Uh, that's, that's just, you know what that is? That's just sad. It's just sad. In California, for example, new equity-focused math guidelines aim to narrow the gap between gifted and non-gifted learners 
by abandoning student tracking practices that help accelerated learners access more advanced instruction. Okay. In other words, if you're really a crackerjack at math, I'm not paying attention to you in order to get you into a higher class level. I love the part, though, that you don't even, that don't even bother turning something in. That's Erica Sanzi, the outreach director at Parental Rights Group Parents Defending Education, said Portland's equitable grading practices hurt both struggling and high-achieving students. These equitable grading policies, however well-intended, they're not well-intended. Nope. They're evil intended. Are a disaster for the students who struggle most and for the students who need accelerated coursework, Sanzi said. Portland Public Schools declined to comment. Of course they did. It's bias-resistant grading. It argues that teachers should assign grades based on valid evidence of a student's content knowledge, not on evidence that... It is is likely to be influenced by a teacher's implicit bias or reflects a student's environment. I don't even know what that means. Hmm. Teachers who offer extra credit, give zeros for cheating, penalize late work, and dock students for poor attendance are guilty of such bias. Uh, The mystery has managed to turn everything upside down. This is... This is is criminal. Mm -hmm. The initiative also calls to only, why would any, any, no GL young person will want to be a teacher if this is what you got to do. Well, not to mention what's the incentive for the kid to even attempt to do anything. The initiative also calls to only base grades on summative assessments instead of classwork, homework, and and formative assessments. Should a student cheat, or fail to submit an assignment on time, teachers should provide a grade of at least 50%. Wow. (laughs) Jeez. Wow. The initiative also calls to replace the typical 0-100 grading scale with a 0-4 to scale. Okay. That way, if you got a 1, you'd really be close to a 4. But if you got a one, you really wouldn't be close to a hundred. Well, it's easy to change a one to a four. Jeez. Easy. Super, easy. super easy to or change. Yeah. Really easy. Just yeah. draw a nose. Or if you get a zero, you could just put a one in front of it. Mom, look, I got a ten. ten. I got a ten. <laughs> We're all winners here. Beating the system. The handout concludes... We need to organize and consolidate our efforts towards common policies to more consistently and better support students and families with equitable grading. Sure. The, uh, every parent in Portland should be storming the school district headquarters. <laughs> in Portland? You're adorable, Joe. You're so cute, Joe. You're adorable. <laughs> I'm naive, aren't I? Well, it, when it comes to Portland, you know, you're in the minority there. What is this? This is this is a Biden piece. <clears throat> I, I want my Portland stuff. Here it is. Okay, uh, kids. There's no. Uh... Well, and you know, full disclosure. Um, I did have to look up. Contumely. 
I had to look up contumely. I didn't know what that thank, meant. Thank you, Chris. I don't know what it means either. Contumely, so. just an argument or a, dis- yeah. a disruption. Oh. Or a, Insulting yeah. language. Yeah. I, uh, didn't, I didn't know what that meant. I, I didn't either. Although we all nodded. Hail yeah. the flashlight king. <laughs> Hail you. We start in the show. Loyal listener and a 21st-er. <laughs> we had a gathering this past weekend. Grunhofer's was the only destination, the main event. The bride and I ventured to Hugo from Waverly. We picked up six different flavors, jalapeno cheddar, mm. chicken wild yeah. dessert brats, chicken wild rice, mac and cheese, burrito, root beer float, and cranberry wild rice. That sounds good, That too. one's really good. I've had that. I grilled them to perfection in small batches, charcoal, not gas, kept them warm in an oven. When it was time to eat, we made it a brat buffet, cut them into thirds so you could taste three different flavors in one brat. Everyone loves sampling the cuisine, much like a fight of a flight of beers at your local tap house. Tell Spencer to market a sample pack, a flight of brats. That's a brilliant idea. You pick the sample and he will package it. Believe that's yeah, let's give Spencer more work. Let's yeah, right. <laughs> Believe it or not, the overwhelming favorite and this does not surprise me was the root beer float brat. Because when you're having a backyard grill out with neighbors and whatnot, you just want one. That's a brilliant idea. We did that for a neighborhood That's what I was thinking of with the toothpicks. We had toothpicks and about 10 different kinds of uh, Grunhofer's brats. They were labeled. Yep. There you go. Uh, Although, how would you know which one is which when you open up the package? Thanks for turning us on to the Metertainment Palace. Paul in uh, Waverly, Minnesota. Thank you, Paul. He's talking about Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats in Hugo. I presume he went to the Hugo location just north of Hugo on Highway 61. He might have gone to the Forest Lake location just immediately east of 35 on Highway 97. It's a meat-ertainment. It's meat-ertainment, a meat emporium, and not just brats. You name it, everything. Steaks, chops, chicken, salmon, cheese, great potato salad, everything you want in the world of wonderful, wonderful food and grilling is at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo and Forest Lake. Since 1985, Air Mechanical has served the Twin Cities for their heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical needs. They can also help you with drain cleaning, duct cleaning, and indoor air quality, serving the entire metro area. From general maintenance to full install, they got you. Furnace installs, boilers, heat pumps, garage heaters, and more, Air Mechanical employs top-trained tradespeople in the state of Minnesota. They operate with full integrity. They do things the right way, not the easy way. And their Total Solutions membership is like having Air Mechanical on retainer. Keep all of your home maintenance needs in one comprehensive membership. Select one tune-up a year and enjoy benefits like discounted maintenance, repairs, service, and equipment costs. Catch problems before they arise and keep your home's mechanicals running smoothly. We'd love it if you gave Air Mechanical a shout-out for any heating, cooling, plumbing, or electrical needs. Call or book online at thinkami.com. That's thinkami.com. God, come on, Chris. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Special thanks to Minneapolis-St. Paul Courtyard by Marriott and Roseville for fi- providing lodging to Garage Logic during the State Fair. The Fresh Five Villain Dolly renovation is wonderful. Is that fast enough? I, 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 Here's the deal. 
Uh, it's not just during the it's not just during the fair. I stay at this courtyard by Marriott and Roseville every time I come to the Twin Cities. They just did a five million dollar renovation. It's absolutely wonderful. Contemporary lobby, everything's sleek and modern. The rooms are fantastic. Don't get me started on the beds and pillows. If you need a twelve hour sleep, get to the courtyard by Marriott and Roseville. Amazing beds. Uh, they're located just off thirty five W in Roseville. They're close to everything down. Downtown Minneapolis. What are you going to do in downtown? X, uh, XL is St. Paul. Uh, Target Center, Target Field, uh, Rosedale Mall. You can almost walk there. Huntington Bank Stadium. They're close to everything. The amenities, the usual stuff, high speed, fast internet, comfy ergonomic chairs, well-lit desks. I'm actually planning on uh, paying and writing out my bill. I'm going to play office this week oh, I love uh, play in office. my hotel room. I'm bringing down everything, the stamps, the envelopes. I'm bringing it all. <laughs> Uh, and they've been voted by guests as TripAdvisor Certificate of Excellence Award winners at the Courtyard by Marriott and Roseville. You're going to find all the comforts you expect and need. They're located just a few short miles from downtown Minneapolis on Center Point Drive, just off 35W in Roseville. Well, before we get to John, uh, let's note that President Biden and his wife went to Hawaii yesterday. Uh, and occasionally he was not met with friendly people. No, no. And he had a 30-car motorcade. Uh, I, I now Oof. bet you none of them were electric. We had a 30-car motorcade. But, you know, the the template assigned to him by a very biased press was that he's just a compassionate, loving guy, you know, a compassionate guy. But he said some things yesterday that were kind of uh, rickety, weren't they? For example. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday, and lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, Too late. I almost lost my wife, <laughs> my 67 Corvette, uh, and my don't... cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. You know, there's an old expression. I grew up right across the street from a fire hall in Claymont, Delaware. And the expression did. is, God made man, and then he made a few firefighters. You're all crazy, thank God. What? The only people who run into flames to help other people. What the hell? And they ran into flames to save my wife and save my family. Not a joke. The smoke and the firefighters here can tell you sometimes yeah. smoke is so thick from the windows out, it was that thick inside the home. And we were, we were insured. We did not have any problem. But being out of our home wow. for the better part of a year. Oh, you poor son of difficult. a bitch. I can only imagine. He suffered. he suffered, man. What it's like to lose your home. Oh, my God. I, or forget you, where it is, like him. Jesus have you ever heard a president be so unrelatable? Unrelatable. Uh, my God, he just created his, he created enemies where he might not have had some. Almost lost his vet. 
But then he, then he rubs it in by telling the people, well, we were insured, so. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we were insured. Wow. At what, I, wow. I asked you this earlier today, Joe, but I'll ask it again. At what point are they going to have to just stop letting him speak publicly in his reelection campaign, in all seriousness? Because if he keeps, he's going to you know, gift wrap this election for me, to the opposing party if he keeps speaking publicly. For, for me, it's to the point where when uh, President Bush would be speaking and you're waiting for him to screw something up. He was never He was never that bad. bad, but I'm just saying now I can't even listen to him because I'm waiting for him to go, shimana shimana, or whatever the hell he's saying. This once great country, Biden and Trump, that's what we have again, huh? That's just... It's not acceptable. I don't accept we, it. We, the country will not last. It will not last much longer. Given this, this is, these are the two idiots we have. It's just yeah, as unrelatable as Trump was. I think he would have handled it different. He would have been in there. We're going to start throwing billions and trillions. But and as long as we're blah, doing blah, that, blah, blah, imagine if towels, yeah. imagine if Trump had said exactly what Biden did. It would have been he would have been vilified everywhere. Right. Well, remember when he? Where did he throw the paper towels? He Puerto went there and Rico. acted like an yeah. He acted like an idiot. I mean, you know. No, yeah, Kenny, you know Kenny. I don't think. No, uh, you're right. John's right. No, yeah. you're, and Kenny again. Uh, Trump. I'm wrong. Trump yeah. has no no ability whatsoever to be compassionate to anybody. Right. Zero. No. Right. I, right. In fact, I'm amused by stories that say. Uh, that uh, Trump's troubles are uh, causing him stress and affecting his health. I refuse to believe that. He's, he doesn't know what stress is because he doesn't care about any of this. True. This just rolls off him. He doesn't, I think he hopes he goes to jail for the theater. He loves the yeah, theater. He'd love that. He yeah. does love the theater. Yeah. Was, I like his comments yesterday. It's about the best jail. Yeah, jumping on a plane. Jump on a plane, you know. Yeah. How am the plane going to get away? It's got the big gold Trump on it. Yeah. Since we're talking about it, what do you make of the disaster capitalism that's going on right now in Maui? Oh, the people trying to buy property, you mean? Yeah, and, what do you what, what do you think of that? I don't know what to think of that. I think that uh I think that that's people preying on the uh on the disadvantaged. I'm just so thankful that all those fires stopped just short of all those mansions right on the waterfront. Oh, if you really I'm unaware start... of any mansions on the waterfront. Lahaina, Lahaina is the old world whaling capital of the of the island group. And it's just a little town. Where are you talking about these mansions? There was but aerial footage. What's happened, Chris, you're way off base. I mean, I love that approach, but it's just, it's not <laughs> happening. Dang it. Um, but if you really dig into the water issue in Hawaii, it gets really, really interesting how they've done away with the traditional sources of water and how most of the fresh water now is diverted to. And here's where Chris's thing should come in. They're going to resorts and um, golf you know, places and places where the fancy ass posh white people go and the cities and the small people and the poors are being denied water. FEMA is staying in four-star hotels. Yeah. And then yeah. you get FEMA down there. And now we're going to have, in addition to disaster capitalism, we're going to have laws that are going to get passed quickly based on the disaster. Here's John Haidt. We've cut into your well, news time, sir. Oh, oh, that's fine. All that basically remained unscathed was one nice house on the coast, Chris. And, and it was a wood house. 
And apparently all of the uh, right-wing people on Twitter picked this up and decided all the mansions survived. So you got to quit reading that Twitter, Chris, I'm telling you. John, you mean the left-wing people? <laughs> John. No, the right-wing people who, who said it was a conspiracy to... Uh, <laughs> Whatever. That all the rich people's uh, mansion. Let's go back to the news for the day. The planning agency... I think we talked about this off air. Overseeing the multi-billion dollar Southwest Light Rail project, which has been bogged down with delays, cost increases, and questions about damage to nearby condo buildings in Minneapolis, says it has resolved a funding deficit for the oft-criticized plan. The Met Council said it, in partnership with Hennepin County, has resolved the funding gap for the Green Line extension. They found some money. Earlier this spring, a Met Council spokesperson said the project's funding gap was $272 million. Now there's a gap of more than $160 million. Now the council and county have been in talks for months to find funding sources for the $2.7 billion project. Met Council says, with final agreement stating that each side will equally share the burden of funding the gap in capital and startup costs. Met Council will handle the startup costs prior to the line opening and 45% of the funds needed to finish construction. The county then will cover 55% of the capital cost from its transit sales tax. Met Council says the agreement still has to be approved by its own agency as well as the Hennepin County Board of Commissioners. No greater example exists of how poorly we're led than this boondoggle. This light rail, nonsense. and they just keep—they just keep going forward. They don't care, and we have no one in place to put a stop to it, particularly in the governor's office. Right. No I, one to say I, this is ridiculous. I have a met met council is just evil. I have a money question. Evil. So basically, what the story John just read—they they just decided instead of paying for it out of our right pocket, we're going to pay for it out of our left pocket. They're in your couch cushion now. Oh, I is, see. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was nice of them. Yeah. The Minnesota Chiefs of Police Association met privately with the Minnesota Attorney General yesterday to talk about concerns over a new state law that we talked about earlier that prohibits certain types of restraints that school resource officers can use when uh, trying to control unruly students. Egan Police Chief Roger New confirmed the meeting with the Attorney General took place, but he declined any further comment. The Chiefs Association is concerned that new language in the law prohibits the use of prone restraints and the use of compression restraints on the head, back, and across most of the torso. Vice President of the Ramsey County Chapter of the Chiefs Association, North St. Paul Police Chief Phil Bayenroth, told KSTP he will probably not put his one SRO back into the schools until the definition of the law is clarified. He said, I don't think it's a safe environment right now with that law being in place. Baron Boss said they're still concerned the new language in the law could put SROs in a bad position with civil lawsuits. Governor Tim Wall said last week the current law is being misinterpreted. He said, quote, the law is written to provide exceptions to student health, risk to them, risk to police. It's not being interpreted correctly and that they certainly have the authority to do that. I certainly think we should all agree that we should not kneel on the necks of students unless someone's life is at risk. And that's written into the law to be able to do that. Walls, if if a cop got tough on some kid, you'd be the first moron to complain. <laughs> Prosecutors have upgraded charges against the man accused of running over and killing a teenager last month in Forest Lake. Uh, we talked about this when it happened, happening in the early morning hours of July 16th in the parking lot of Lakeside Veterans Memorial Park. There, first responders found 17-year-old Darisha Taylor Bailey Vath of Stacy 
Despite aid from emergency personnel, she died at the scene. 20-year-old Dylan Simmons from North Branch was charged in the following days with third-degree murder and criminal vehicular homicide. However, on Monday, prosecutors filed an amended complaint, now charging Simmons with two counts of second-degree murder and three counts of second-degree assault. Laura Perkins, a spokesperson for the Washington County Attorney's Office, released a statement saying, we are actively pursuing the most serious charges justified by the facts. As a result of our Forest Lake Police Department's continued investigation, there is new evidence to support more serious and additional charges against Mr. Simmons. When I look at walls, I see a big bowl of lime green jello. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. With the fruit inside or no? Sometimes there's okay. fruit in it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that God, tastes God. like feces. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, I, I took it one step yeah, further. Yeah, yeah, Time out. Yep. Score one piddle back. I mean, you could you could uh, ascribe some positive things to Jello. You know, Jello can be fun, and you know, it slurps down, especially when you snarf it. Tasty and mix so it with vodka. The, 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 uh, Walls is uh, feces jello. That's what he is. One of the great uh, scenes <laughs> in Animal jello. House is when Belushi snarps the jello, takes a yeah. giant square, just yes. sucks it right off the plate. Yeah. One of the also uh, jello has appeared in a great scene in Airplane. Oh. When they're going through some turbulence. Yeah. They show the jello and yeah. then they cut to the gal that's got the rather large oh, yeah. uh, yes. breast area. Yeah. Yeah. Everything, everything jiggling to him. Yeah. 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 Jiggling is a good word. Jiggling. Yeah. Yeah. Jiggling. Sure. Yeah. So jello has played a key I role like in many funny yeah, that's right. shows. So maybe <laughs> take it back. It's all everything food based. Is, I'm sorry yeah. I brought this up. Yeah, take it back about walls and take jello. It, jello is fun. Yeah, no. Walls is evil. Star Tribune reporting Duluth Mayor Emily Larson pledging to fix 18 miles of road next year and invest in decades-old problems through what she billed as good news, as a good news budget proposal unveiled to the city council last Larson, night. Larson, you're as useless as any of them. So funny. What just happened, what was it, two weeks ago in Duluth with yeah. Emily Larson, huh? And now look yeah. what she's finally saying. Try to catch up, Emily. Uh, calling for the hefty increase to local government aid sent to the city, an absolute game-changer Larson, in the what? aftermath of that stunning primary defeat earlier this month, laid out a back-to-basics budget that capitalizes on new state money. For two decades, that city has struggled to provide core street, park, and public safety services in the way that leaders have wanted because of stagnant local government aid, she said. But next year's $4.4 million increase, thanks to the state's $17.5 billion surplus. That's not the state's money, Emily. That's my money and my friend's money. It was the largest the city has received in at least 20 years. Uh, now, what uh, Kenny referred to earlier, Larson was handily defeated in a primary last month. She'll be one of two candidates for mayor in November. Roger Reinhardt is the other candidate. He tallied 63% of the vote in the primary, with Larson getting 34% as both advanced to well, November's <laughs> election. You know who must really find this funny? Hmm. Native Americans. How they so? gotta be sitting in the cabin going, Look at you idiots. Man, are you getting it stuck to you now? We can, <laughs> well, ide- we can identify. Yeah. Oh, white people are in the business of creating hard times right now. Mm-hmm. That's where the <laughs> pendulum is, is is at. We're creating hard times out of out of soft times, out of soft men. What would the meeting be like the day after Emily got her ass handed to her? She would be saying something like, gee whiz, I really, I got my ass handed get to me. Get me some pothole what, money. What, what, what should I do to get fall, have the voters fall in love with me? Uh, I don't know. Maybe do your job? Yeah. Why don't we uh, take a short break here and throw it to Mr. Reavers in the... Uh, Speaking of doing senior. your job, tell that yes, to your sir. bank. Yeah. 
Pilsky, you're doing a good job. And make the switch to my friends at North American Banking Company. You know what? They take the time to get to know you. At least they did with me, and I know that they will do that with you as well. I go to Roseville. That's my location. But you can also see them at 50th in France in Hastings, Woodbury, Shoreview. And they've got their new location over there in Maple Grove. Now, listen, they get it. There's no shortage of banking options in the Twin Cities. So if you're tired of being just a number to your big national bank, then check out my friends at North American Banking Company. They offer the same online and mobile banking options as the other banks, but with the unparalleled service of a community bank. And they are also locally owned and operated. And that's big because loan decisions are made right here in the Twin Cities. They are not sent out of state. So this helps business owners solve problems quickly and expand their business with confidence. You see, when they first opened back in 1998, they made a promise to deliver a better banking experience for their customers where you know your banker and they know you. And while a lot has changed since 1998, this commitment to being a true community bank in the Twin Cities, that ladies and gentlemen, has not. So check them out online today, nabankco.com, nabankco.com. That's their website. North American Banking Company member FDIC is an equal housing lender. Hey, GLers, this is Pete Arnold from Hire a Pro. You know, the company that helps you be your own contractor so you can make the roofing company profits instead of the roofing company. I've got Chrissy here. So Chrissy, why are you in my commercial? You helped me replace my roof. How did that go? It went great. You educated us on how everything worked, showed us behind the curtain, so to speak. And after our $25,000 roof was replaced, we walked away with almost $6,000 for the work we put in. And what work was that? Uh, well, we got the permit and we picked the color. Hire Pro handled everything else. You did a great job, and I'm not even being paid to say that. If anyone's listening and has a storm damage claim, call them. Don't hire a roofer. Hire a pro. That's awesome. I I appreciate the kind words, and I, I think you just made up our new motto. All right, Joe, you're up. So if insurance has approved your roof replacement, give these guys a call at 651-402-3400 or visit them online at hireadotpro. That's hire, uh, and then put the dot there, pro. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. If you haven't figured it out by now, Bugs Be Gone is fun. It's a little spray bottle. You keep it in the door pocket of your vehicle. It melts the sticky bond of bugs to the windshield or the front of your vehicle, the bumper, whatever, and they slide right down the windshield. You simply wash it away with water. It's that easy. It's turned, Bugs Be Gone has turned an irritating side effect of Minnesota summers into a delightful, leisurely pursuit. Spray it on. Watch them slide down the glass. It's safe for all finishes. Don't worry about getting it on the paint. Not a big deal. Non-toxic, water-based formula, no film, no haze when it dries. And we can use it on all of our toys. What do you got? You got a truck, car, camper, motorcycle, boat, golf cart, um, duck boat, fish house, uh, 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 you know what I'm saying. Everything. Just spray it on, wash it off, and the bugs be gone. Another wonderful product for our vehicles from those fine folks at Seafoam. In other news, a new NBC News Des Moines Register Mediacom poll in conjunction with the GOP presidential primary contest says 41% of likely caucus goers think Donald Trump should continue as the Republican Party's leader. That's in line with the 42% who picked him on January 15th. Yet a combined 50%, uh, 7%, I'm sorry, 57% of caucus goers say that Trump was a good president, but it's time for him to go away. 
and other party leaders should be considered. That's at about 26%. When the national NBC News poll asked the same question in June, 49% of GOP primary voters said Trump should remain the party's leader. Among those who say they're open to new leaders, 38% say their first choice for next year's caucuses would be Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, followed by Trump, Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina, and former U.M.N. UN Ambassador Nikki Haley and entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy. Will he get the nomination? Joe? Yes. He will? Yes. If given the choice between him and Biden, what lever are you going to pull? Ramaswamy. What's the point of voting? Uh, it might it might be a that's a good point for this election. It might be what the hell. Do you think home. you think we're beyond the uh, the overnight upset? Yes. You Not think? when all those ballots get dumped in in the middle of well, the cover too. of darkness. Yeah, right. You're such a bastard. Doesn't make any difference anyway. He could if Trump could get beat by 15 million votes. He's still going to say he won. Oh yeah. Even if he loses, he'll see all those won. minivans so. pulling up and underneath. <laughs> Saving gas. How's he going to do? Predict this one, this scenario. Uh, he doesn't get the nomination, but he runs anyway. Where is he going to place? I have no idea. He's going to be way up there, who, unfortunately. Who does he take votes from at that point? The Republican fella, or or it's both? It's August of twenty twenty three. We don't. Yeah, a lot. Vote. A lot can happen. When before. do we vote? Oh, next November, November twenty. Yep, November twenty twenty four. Right after my Croatia trip. Right. I'm already talking about that. <laughs> You're saying you want to be a little more current is what you're saying. A lot can happen. Let's put it that way. Well, yeah, we've got to have a couple more, what, COVID shutdowns and all sorts of stuff so we can. A couple more surpluses. There's there's stirring about that, isn't there? Target's already making plans. They're stirring about masks again and a new vaccine and. well, there is yeah. a new vaccine. It worked yeah. for them the last time. Well, it's, it's that odd season. the way that comes up during an election. It's the know? season. Yeah. There's the no election until next year. We just talked about that. Yeah, I know, but you, it might, you guys are might just, be just right on time for that. It's just weird that you, it always you, seems to come up around that You time. guys are just, you know. John, we're, never we're, mind. We're, we're never, in Art Bell territory at this point. Never mind with the rest of the news. Timing. <laughs> what? Now, you got to hear this note from Joel. Now, you'll recall... All this work this morning? Well, what do you got? Uh, give me your best uh, stuff. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> no, I'm not it doesn't, doing it. Forget it doesn't it. matter. It's the same over here, too. We got pages and pages. <laughs> well, so do I. I need to get paid more for this. <laughs> Remember, Joel? See, Rook, not prepping for the show finally has paid off. <laughs> right. Let's go. <laughs> the prepping takes four hours. The show <laughs> takes 90 minutes. Chris and Rook. <laughs> Remember the... Uh, a woman named Joel, who was a, a Mysterian who converted to to GL. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, she has a great note here that's a little alarming. Okay. I don't remember the specific show, but I know there is a common complaint in Gumption County about how our public servants cannot be bothered to actually serve the very people who pay their salary. Worse, many of them have such contempt for the public they would rather be lousy at their job than put any effort forth. I have an egregious example. The first week in August, Sparky and I, I think Sparky's the old man. Okay. Sparky and I took our boat on Lake Superior to Isle Royal for a weekend of fishing and fooling around. We have a larger boat with the cuddy, so cooking and sleeping on the boat was our plan. We anchored for the night in Malone Bay on Wright Island. 
a lovely spot in the site of a former fishing cabin from way back. The next morning, our boat did not start. With no cell phone signal and a marine radio that was not receiving a signal, we were truly stranded miles from anything. The story has many layers, but suffice it to say the boat we flagged down eventually got word to the National Park Service Rangers, and they came to rescue us in our boat. Indeed, they rescued us, but would not tow our boat. We asked what people usually do in this situation, as we can't be the first people to break down on Lake Superior. And with a bit of smarm, the ranger told us uh, our plan B should be to know someone with a bigger boat who would be willing to tow us. We asked about any marine mechanics in the area. Nope. Freelancers with boats wanting to make extra money. That's illegal. You'll get caught. Oh, my God. Uh, Commercial tow service. Nope. Any advice whatsoever? No. Just make sure you get it out of here, though, within 10 days or Or the fine is in the several thousands. (laughs) Or we'll tow it. (laughs) So we left the boat and they gave us a ride to Rock Harbor where we would stay for the next few days until the ferry could bring us to Grand Portage. On their ride, they told me that when their $4,400,000 boats break down, they tow each other, but it's policy not to tow private citizens. Funny, we're only private when they don't want to do something. Most of the time, government is all too willing to crawl up our butts and nose around. The saga ends with Sparky actually buying a new boat in order to get back to the old boat with some parts a marine mechanic in Wyoming gave us. Big shout out to Countryside Marine. Eventually, my husband and son did get the boat running, and now we are prepping the old boat to sell to offset the cost of the new one. Joe is a GLRM, all for self-reliance, neighbors and strangers helping each other and being prepared. I don't remember the last time I actually asked a public servant to do something for me other than to get my license tabs. For me, the whole point of a public servant is to provide the very things I can't for myself. Drivable roads, a robust military, a park service that will tow a stranded boat. We have spent thousands of dollars on a four-day lake trip, but I feel better knowing I can expect Governor Walls' benevolence check in the mail any day now. All the best, Joel, the former Mysterian. Huh. Isn't that amazing? Uh, wow. Why wouldn't they you couldn't write that. Why wouldn't they tow him? Yeah. Wow. Wow. But you better get it out of here, or else we're going to get rid of it. <laughs> and uh, and I have a something I've been hanging on to. Uh, Jim Farley is his name. He's the CEO of the Ford Motor Company. Okay. He took off in search of America. <clears throat> he went down Highway Route 66 in one of his new F-150 Lightning electric pickup trucks. Neat. It didn't work out for him. Uh-oh. According to Business according to Business Insider, uh, the trip turned out not to be what it's cracked up to be. Farley reportedly faced headaches when it came to charging the lightning, and he has acknowledged that there is much more that needs to be done in order to improve customer service. Well, that's his corporate speak. What he was really saying is this thing is a POS, <laughs> and I didn't get anywhere. <laughs> Uh, Farley claim, says that charging has been challenging. Uh, well, that's corporate speak. He said it's bleeping, bleeping in, impossible. He also called the issues he faced a really good reality check. 
I think that I think to interpret that would mean now I know what you saps are bitching about when you pay seventy five okay. grand okay. for one of these POSs. Uh, no surprise, charging will be a challenge. They're gonna they want. Then it goes on to say how he wants to work with Tesla to uh, improve charging all over the country. These are government cars, people. They're they're not worth your time, and they're too expensive, and they're sitting on the lots. Ford has 101 days of electric Mustangs on on the lots. You can't get a gas car, but the electric cars are piling up on dealer lots. Right. (laughs) You're going to bite them right in the hind end. (laughs) Bingo. Got it. You can't get get a gas car. No. What do you mean? You can't. You're just joking with me, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Damn it, we got to do something about this. Did you see the piece that Jordy sent us right before the show started? <laughs> no. What? The Taliban recently announced five countries are interested in investing in the lithium mining sector in Afghanistan's Nuristan product, uh, province. Excuse me. A Chinese company has already put down $10 billion that would include infrastructure along with improved roads for the terror group. Who would be in charge of this uh, fifty million, fifty billion worth of lithium? Isn't well, that amazing? It would be the Taliban. Buy an electric car and support your local Taliban. <laughs> Al Qaeda will be in charge of its share of an estimated one trillion in lithium in a country. The lithium desperately needed for electric car batteries will be mined by Chinese companies and resold to the United States for, quote-unquote, green energy. Man, are we <laughs> screwed up. Are you aware of what's going on in London currently? Not at the moment. Well, You mean this very moment? They are uh, uh, setting up right cameras to control and punish motorists that are being installed all over London. Yeah, I saw inc- that. Including in cul-de-sacs and small resident- residential areas causing outrage. Uh, they're basically going to charge people that are not using EVs in London. We will, we will watch you. Uh, we have ways of watching you. Yes. Ford is already reacting to the slowing growth of EVs. Mustang Mach EVs started gathering dust at dealers in the past few months. So Ford decided to adjust its 2023 EV production goals, and it has abandoned plans to be uh, at 2 million EVs by the end of 2026. Or maybe now, more than two million. Ford is one of the companies the government did not bail out this is so many years ago. Remember all the government bailouts, right? But and I believe it was GM and uh, maybe Chrysler, but Ford right. was not one of them. But right. that's probably not going to be the case here in the future. Well, not only that, but on this go around with the government, what Ford could not resist was the uh, the subsidies. Yep. You know, yeah. the government threw a lot of money at uh, EVs. Well, you'd be stupid not to take them. What are you thinking there, uh, It's Joel? a government car. Uh, good yeah. luck to you. It's a government car. Do you want to take a time out before we wrap it up? I sure Look. do. Do you really? Sure. You want to take some time out? Sure. Why don't you take some time out to visit Minnesota Masonic <laughs> Charities, mnmasoniccharities.org. Me and my wife, Ramona... 
No, wait, that's, that's something completely different. Uh, Minnesota Masonic Charities, I have been telling you about them. Uh, they had their big golf tournament for the uh, the children's clinic where they're teaching children how to communicate that are having difficulties. That's a wonderful, wonderful program. But there's so many other great things that they do. And you can go to their website and learn about some of the events they have going on. Learn about the history of Minnesota Masonic Charities. Again, in 06, all these masonry guys came together and got one charity. Why do they do that? Because they can promote even greater levels of philanthropy. We talk about the government here, how many times they screw stuff up. Minnesota Masonic Charities chooses carefully who they support so they can get the best bang for their buck. It's so garage logic, I can't even tell you. If you want to learn more about them, go to mnmasoniccharities.org. Scholarship time, uh, you can learn all about those once you pick up the phone. People are calling Hello. right now. They're calling Hello. right now, Minnesota Masonic Hello. Charities. mnmasoniccharities.org. Compassionate, committed, and capable. Visit them online, mnmasoniccharities.org. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Only? Yes, sir. Because they come to us. Where are those traveling linemen? Let me look. They are in Prince Christian Sound, Greenland. Okay, Greenland. That's yep, up there. The big one. That's up there. Right by the traveling Lyman's WorldwideWaftage.com. On this day, Og 2 2, in 1912, Koya Knudsen was born in Edmore, North Dakota. Hmm. What did Koya Knudsen become? Senator. No, but you're on the right track. She, in 1954, she became the first woman member of con uh. Congress from Minnesota, and she was respected nationwide for her stance on agriculture issues and her championing of family farmers. In 1958, however, members of her own party conspired with her husband, Andy Knudsen. I know what it was. To keep her from winning a third congressional term, known as the Koya Come, Come Home, home yes. episode. The scandal is what most people remember about Knudsen rather than her political record as a congresswoman. So this sap, Andy... He got tired of Swanson's frozen TV dinners, <laughs> right. and he gets these other goofballs to say, let's make sure she doesn't win this time. I want to eat. I'm seeing a TV tray. Yeah. <laughs> On this day in 1999, August 27th. Governor Jesse the Body Ventura. All right, everybody. Returned to his roots. I have a... Uh refereeing a professional wrestling match at Target Center in Minneapolis. He Featuring Mr. Ass. <laughs> I remember Mr. Ass. <laughs> yeah. I covered that event, and I, I developed during the evening a new appreciation for how advanced professional wrestling had become with its filming capability. Remember the fight that went from restaurant to restaurant downtown? Yes, it yes. Was, it was uh, extremely well choreographed. and But even though Patrick Royce is the king of nicknames, mm -hmm. you had a pretty good nickname for a gov. 
Governor Churnbuckle. <laughs> yeah, was, that was pretty. That was very good. I, I was called him Governor funny. Churnbuckle every time I referred to him. Basically, ruining. And I don't think he liked that. Ruining the relationship that I had with him. Right. I was guilt by association because I worked with you and Pat. But well, he was in the ring, our governor, with Mr. Ass. Checking for foreign objects. Yep. And, oh, and I would God. take Where? that yeah. I would take that any day over what we have today. Yeah, you would. <laughs> Isn't day. that funny? Yep. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yep. Yeah, that would be. Let's have him run again. Well, thank you, G. Ellers. Did Mr. Ass introduce himself as Mr. Ass? It was written on his pants, I think. Okay. I think. I can't remember. Because his real name is Billy Gunn. Yeah, is he still alive? Uh, yeah, fifty-nine years old, lives in Orlando, Florida. Is he still a wrestler? I'm senior, a, division. 50, yeah, senior division, yeah, senior division. Wouldn't that be fun to have senior wrestling? Yes, it everything would be. in slow motion. They break a hip, you know. Yeah. And a, <laughs> so they help each yeah. other down. <laughs> yeah. so the guy All goes to body is, slam, but he gently right. lays him down. Just, try watch me try to tie my shoe. It's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, I got you. As yeah. of uh, as of January this year, he was still wrestling with the new A W E. Is that what it is? That's silly really gun, Mister. Yeah. You gotta let go. You gotta wow. let go. That's like let playing from the white tees, right? Yeah. You, AEW, sorry. Oh no, all my paperwork's built. Anyway, <laughs> don't fall. Thank you, GLers. Yeah, Thank I said that already. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, did he? I missed that. It's too busy looking up Mr. <laughs> Ass. Didn't pay attention. <laughs> Thank you, GLers, for going to the YouTube channel of Garage Logic and subscribing. It's free, easy to do. YouTube, subscribe to Garage Logic. GarageLogic.com. That's where you find all sorts of information, past shows, uh, rookies' recipes, advertisers, and the town council, which you can sign up for $10 a month, 100 bucks a year, and be included in all pre-show, post-show, and in-between shows, like when I don't know if we're on or not. Which is every day. You know what day. I'm saying? Which is every day. I don't know if we're on break or not. Check it out, garagelogic.com. Countdown to the fair. See you soon, John. It is time once again that we pick up the phone and we make the call to our guy, Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold is with us once again here in Garage Logic, and now is the time for you to do the same. So do not delay. Do what I did and pick up that phone and dial 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. Once again, for that free, no obligation, 48-minute consultation. And you know what? When you call Josh, you are always going to get street talk. You are never going to get sugar-coated advice. And Josh Arnold is with us once again here in Garage Logic. And Josh, today you would like to discuss China, the Fed, and retail sales. I certainly would, Chris. Despite all this heat and humidity, it's the end of the summer, getting ready for the state fair coming up, and I'm excited to attend the state fair. However, not sure how much spending is going to go on at the state fair, but maybe more than people have expected. As per retailers reporting, numbers, they all seem to indicate that consumers are spending more money on expenses 
experiences, we'll call it travel and leisure, and going to the state fair than spending money in big box or small box stores, unless those stores have some specialty item. The latest to report, and I say unless they have something special. I mean, last week we had good news coming from Walmart, but the good news was primarily coming from their grocery business and from their online sales. Target, now Target was underwhelming, to say the least, and was cautious going forward. Today, Macy's reported their numbers, and while they beat the estimate, they issued very, very conservative guidance and said the back half of this year, thinking back half, heck, it's already back to school. Just after back to school, it'll be Halloween, and then people thinking about Christmas shopping. But if that's the back half of the year and what was usually a strong quarter for retail, Macy's is not anticipating that. And they're giving very, very conservative guidance. Macy's stock is down on the news, hitting a new 52-week low. Some people would look at Macy's and say, oh, look at that big 5% yield. Well, folks, the stock is hitting a low and you've got a very high yield resulting from that, from the dividend payment. That dividend payment and yield might not last that long because Macy's, as other companies in a similar situation, could cut the dividends to save some money and or put that to bolster their business. An old favorite of mine and one of the better retailers around it, Dick's Sporting Goods. And by the way, if you have not been to Dick's store in Ridgedale, go on over and take a look. Very interesting store format. Nonetheless, Dick's missed. They cut their guidance. They had a big miss on outdoor sales and said shrinkage has now become a problem. Shrinkage is another word for theft, but I think shrinkage sounds a little less ominous. But shrinkage has in, increased at Dick's Sports as it has in many stores around the country. And you can see that in the number of store closings in certain high shrinkage parts of metropolitan areas. Retail has always been a tough business and made, we'll say, tougher by shrinkage. One positive on the retail front, low, just like Target, beat, reaffirmed guidance, and guided upward based on professionals buying products at their stores. Not to mention, of course, still a big need for homes and home remodeling going on. And you can even see that with home sales, which came out today for the month of July. Home sales were down in July, just not enough houses available. So you've got a few things in the housing market. Not only are interest rates higher than they have been, but fewer homes are coming onto the market that will say used homes as opposed to new homes. So the homes that are selling are going up in price. Now, that does not bode well as the Fed looks at housing and shelter in their inflation forecast because that does make up a good third of the CPI number. So while you might buy a house once and that impact affects you once every so many years, the Fed's looking at that number on a continuous basis. Outside of shelter, I think shelter, food, and energy inflation is under the Fed's target of 2%. Speaking of the Fed, they've got their big confab 
rehab at Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And quite frankly, I think they should spend more time fishing and hiking and biking than meeting. And maybe that will say time to leave well enough alone. But on Friday, we will hear some comments on their direction. Very good advice, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now's the time for you to pick up the phone and make the call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952-925-5608, where you're always going to get straight talk and never, ever sugar-coated advice. Josh, as always, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. You got it. Thanks, Chris. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.